Welcome to episode 20 of Celluloid Freaks. I'm Chris. I'm Matt. I'm Kat. And we're going to be talking about the Hunger Games, so let's just talk about it. Okay. Uh, Matt, what did you think of the Hunger Games? I thought, you know, um, for being Battle Royale for kids, it was really good. I keep hearing this Battle Royale comparison. I've never seen Battle Royale. Okay, Battle Royale... It, Roy- oh, I'm it sorry, is similar to Battle Royale. Battle Royale is a 2000 Japanese movie where a class of like 52 ninth graders is forced by the government to compete in the game to kill each other. Pretty much the exact same plot of the Hunger Games. That does sound pretty similar. Is there? Any- I, I I only found out about it because uh, apparently it's Quentin Tarantino's favorite movie of the last 15 years. Oh, it seems like every movie is one of his favorite movies of the last. <laughs> Actually, no, he hated Sucker Punch. But I well, think I've already, we've already discussed that. Everybody hates Sucker Punch. I actually know one guy who likes Sucker Punch. He's like, oh, yeah, it was it was. What's really his exact awesome. condition? I don't know. I don't know what his problem is. I think is. I know a single guy that likes Sucker Punch as well. Yeah, that's why he's single. Yeah, that's the term. That's why he's single. I mean, I, I don't... I, I literally don't know anybody who liked Sucker Punch, not even in an ironic way. Nobody dares uh, like it in an ironic way. Because it sucks. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah, we were talking about the Hunger Games. What? I thought we, we were, were talking, talking about, about Battle Royale and how much Sucker Punch sucked. Yeah, it sucked. But no, really, Hunger Games was, uh, it was my personal opinion, um, ha- having read all the books, it, uh, it, was really, it was really good. It was maybe not quite as good as the books because i mean the books you can go into a lot more detail you can take your time character building and stuff but yeah this was a really really well done movie very competently made it had uh, good performances good emotion and um yeah i thought it was very well done i feel like it was hamstrung actually by not being in the first person I, I, don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I, it's, I, it's impossible. I, I, I kind of like the the uh, behind the scenes stuff, where it's like sees them in the game control room. I mean, you didn't get all that stuff in the book. Oh, oh no, I, that's, I know that's that's an advantage, that's but you can't get inside Cat's mind. Yeah, you that's can't. But thing, like, some of it I could do without because there is a little. She can be a little annoying in the book. I like her, but you can tell that she has issues trusting Peta. But it's not quite as drawn out as it is in the book. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't even know where it's going because I've only read the first book and the first fifty pages of the second. So uh, you know, I don't know what's going on there. And I'm basically, if this movie is hinting at things that are supposed to happen later, I don't pick up on those. But I, so, so I feel like I've explored Katniss's mind as much as it could possibly do without any kind of narration in her head. Um, right, and maybe that's maybe that's better left to a book since you have time to do that. With a movie, you only have a certain amount of time, yeah, to get all that. But one more th- one thing one thing I did wonder about was um, okay. I mean, you've read the first book, so I can talk about it. They didn't explain the significance of the Mockingjay in the movie. Perhaps and, that'll be left for further and, movies, and why that was a big deal her wearing that pin it may be elaborated on in further movies it i think i hope it will be one thing i also thought they missed an opportunity for was to explain the motion she made um yeah the the salute to show well, just thought, how much of a, a civil th- disobedience that was i thought they explained it perfectly with um when she took her sister's place i thought I thought everybody holding her hand out to her like that explained it perfectly. And to everybody in District 11 as well. I, I thought it made it quite clear that it was, you know, a form of solidarity amongst the oppressed. Yeah. That, that was another thing, that in the book, Rue 
the two black dudes, the two black people, they were from District Four, and in the movie no. they changed it to District Eleven. No, they're District Eleven in the move in the book. Well, I mean, I I what? think unless unless the district number is of paramount importance, you know. That yeah, I know. This is in my notes. And also, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think they said Elizabeth Banks' character na- name once. My my girlfriend was asking me who 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 is that woman? I'm like, oh, that was Effie Trinket. Well, I think I, I suppose. I mean, for the sake of the story, if you're telling a visual story with really loud characters like that, you know who she is. And since nobody really refers to her, yeah, like says like Effie said this, and you know we haven't met. I don't think it matters. Yeah. I, mean, I, as think, far, I, as far, I think I think visually they got the look down of everything just right. I mean, reading the books, it's exactly what I imagined it would look like. What was on screen? Yeah, I suppose. Um, District Twelve looks more impoverished in my head. I yeah. suppose. Um, but I guess that I mean you know nothing can match exactly what's in your head. I suppose. I don't yeah. know, cat cat. What was your overall feeling? Over the movie, um, like. I liked it, although I liked it a lot for about 75% of the way, and then I think the ending started to feel rushed, and there were some details left out that showed just how cruel the capital is. I um, I agree with you about the rushed ending. I, I kind of – I feel like it ran out of steam, and despite, despite the fact that it's in two hours, 20 minutes, I think a little more care could have been done. Mm-hmm. With the ending, yeah, I, I I have to agree with a cat here. Like I like walking out of the movie. I told my girlfriend, um, in the book, uh, they made a, they made special mention of the 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 dogs that they actually that they well, actually used the dead tribute's eyes to make those dogs. And she's like, oh, that would have made the movie so much better if they said that. I don't know. I don't think. I mean, I guess we're getting any. Try to keep the spoilers down somewhat, oh, but uh, but, so. but well, I mean, to a certain extent, we all know people are going to die in the movie, so you didn't mention yeah. those. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But um, I don't know. I think I would have felt. I can't think of a way they could have executed that, and it not felt weird. Hmm. I do have a ton of faith in the world in in Gary Ross because the man made Pleasantville, and the man can do no wrong. Yeah, it's yeah, and, and well, actually, let's bring it to that like the direction and the editing and the cinematography and the whole whatever of this i mean it just i thought really it's it seemed like a serious kind of entry into moviedom it didn't just seem like the adaptation of a young adult novel it seemed pretty pretty sober pretty yeah pretty well uh, done yeah i I definitely feel like it stand apart from the uh from the books yeah and as as with most adaptations I feel like the book was better, but well, of course, the book is like usually better. But yeah, like I said, I, just I, I, more I, time I, to go. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just gonna agree. I do think the book is better, but I do believe the movie, in many ways, can stand alone from the book. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. I and that's that. that's a hard thing for it to do. The Harry Potter movies can't do that at all. They are all companion pieces. You really do need to read the Harry Potter books to totally understand stuff. In the yeah, because the there's, like, entire subplots cut out of the Harry Potter movies that were in the book. In fact, oddly enough, I feel like the one that's the worst adaptation is the best movie of the bunch, um, The Prisoner of Azkaban. That leaves out so much important stuff, but it, it also does. doesn't feel slow and boring and stupid. Well, it doesn't just leave it out, but it hints at it. That's the problem. Is if you're going to leave something out, you need to leave it out. <laughs> you can't leave parts of it in so that only the people that have read the book know it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of speaking of leaving stuff out, did what y'all think about them leaving out uh, her styling team, with the exception of Cinna? No, no. Well, they had um, well they, they had the two there, but um, they didn't talk much, and they said. Oh. They had that one joke where uh, we're thinking we might have to spray you down again. Yeah, I mean they they get more screen time. Well, not worse, but they get more time with them in the next two books. But I was like, oh, I didn't really go into them. Well, it it would be nice, and I hope the next two movies yeah. live up to this first one. And, and since you're talking, and since I want to bring back some, you're talking about image and about District Twelve looking impoverished. Have y'all heard about any of this thing going on? Like some people are saying that Jennifer Lawrence doesn't look like Katniss from the books. I don't give a fuck. 
Yeah, they're well, saying that I noticed she's a little... one thing about her. Is she's 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 a little heavier than Katniss was supposed to be, but that's because I think it's because she's older. You know, she's early twenties, and they had yeah. to keep some extra weight on her face to look young, and they couldn't yeah. have her all starved. Right. I re- I really can't stand that crap. People pulled that with uh, Game of Thrones too. Uh, so, uh, like people, there were some diehards literally saying Daenerys is supposed to have purple eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so freaking what? Yeah, in the book, Daenerys is also 14 years old. Yeah. You can't show a 14-year-old naked on TV. Or, or getting raped. Or yes. all sorts of things that happen to her. And she gets naked and raped a lot. Well, she's only raped a couple times. Uh, a couple times, but she does get naked a lot, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, back, back to the Hunger Games and, like, people, like complaining about the difference for the book i actually aside from you mentioning that i haven't heard that much going into it people seem to be okay with any sort of changes or elaborations made they loved uh some of the people i talked to at work for example who saw it loved the scenes with president snow and seneca i thought they were okay and like i said i appreciate them trying to you know go in more behind the scenes and stuff and if you're really are hinting at stuff to come that would be it but yeah, they were they were okay. I mean, they weren't great, but they didn't subtract anything. No, I don't. It, it's yeah, it's not like um, you know, network with Ned Beatty talking to uh, Howard Beale in that one room. But never saw network. Well, it's basically just dueling actors. Okay. That, but it's, so it's not you know, it's not that kind of awesome. But it well, just was nice. Good. And any moment, I know this is becoming a meme, and maybe I'm beating a dead horse talking about it. But uh, any moment with uh, Wes Bentley's beard is just awesome. <laughs> that is true. I told yeah. Brandon he needs to cut his like that. That beard but was epic. I agree, though, that the, the conversations between between President Snow and Seneca and also learning about the, the background of the games, you know, the back story was pretty yeah. good, you know. But there was one thing that was changed that a lot of people I've heard librarians complain about that I had no problem with. And that's kind of where she gets the Mockingjay pin because they're upset that Madge was yeah, 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 but, that's, but, and I'm like, right. Madge is not that. Im- we no. talked about that last week. I mean, sorry. Yeah, I was. The way they did it in the movie, it, there was a little too much of her giving it back and forth between her and Prim because it was kind of like, well, take this in to keep you safe. It's like, well, it didn't keep you safe at the reaping there, did it, Prim? But. Aside well, yeah, from that, it did. It totally kept her safe because well, Katniss took her fucking place. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But aside from that, the backstory for the pin was fine. Yeah, and like I said, the back and the said, you know, you also leave out the backstory of the Mockingjay and why that is the well, defiance like I, of the Capitol. But maybe well, they'll like go I into that, that later yeah, on. They, they may they may just elaborate that on fu- in, in the future books. Well, they kind of have to since the third book is called Mockingjay. I, yeah, well, yeah. it but makes sense. the third book is going to be made into two movies. Oh, no, not this again. <laughs> I figured well, they would do that. I feel like... Um, this movie third was book per- isn't long enough to be made into two movies. Hell, the, the Hobbit's not really long enough to be made into two movies. Why do they keep doing this? I'm totally happy with seeing the Hobbit in two movies. <sighs> yeah, I can't complain. I guess. <laughs> My- <laughs> I haven't read Mockingjay, but based on the quality drop in Catching Fire, I cannot see how in the world Mockingjay can warrant two books. The Hobbit, on the other hand, I will watch four goddamn movies of The Hobbit. <laughs> I liked Catching Fire, but... Catching Fire was good. I... The one thing is, and hopefully this isn't too spoilerish, you get to learn more about Hamish in Catching Fire, and I think that was probably my favorite part of it. Yeah. I love Hamish. I find out a little bit more about President Snow and why he keeps all those roses around. Yes. So I, I, I love Hamish, so let's talk about that casting right there. And I don't mean just Woody Harrelson, but I mean yeah. everybody. Yeah, I don't. No, originally, originally, I heard that John C. Wiley was going to play the role, and I, I didn't really follow the marketing campaign for the Hunger Games, so I didn't know Woody Harrelson was playing the role until pretty recently, actually, like two, three weeks ago. Like, oh, I thought I thought John C. Wiley was going to do that, but no, okay. Woody Harrelson did really good. Yeah, I was actually completely absent-minded about this entire series until maybe a month ago. Yeah. Um, 
and it's due to in part to Cat and in part to a, another friend of mine uh, that I finally broke down and read it, and I really really like the book. I um, yeah. it's one of the cr- quickest reads I ever had, and it's not just because it's short. Like if we're going by a total amount of words, I actually sat down and read for longer periods of time with this book than I did with other books. That last Neil Stevenson one, I do 20 minutes a day and that was it. <laughs> That's why it took 3 months. But with The Hunger Games, I got it in 3 days and I just really liked it. Really well done. Yeah. Catching Fire's taking a bit longer. <laughs> right. But well, um, Catching Fire, it also it takes a little while to get into. It moves a little bit slower. That's for sure. It's 50 pages in and nothing's happened yet. Well, like I said, it's a book. It can take its time doing that, but it does does pick up a lot. Well, I know I said I want to talk about the casting, but let's move to the pacing of the movie. I'm very happy. One more thing. One more thing. Um, I thought Lenny Kravitz was really good as Senna. Me too. Yeah. Like, I know he's not. I know he's not really an actor, but yeah, he's pretty much what I imagined Senna would be from the books, and I was pleasantly surprised by what screen time he. Oddly had. enough, for Lenny Kravitz, he's a little less flamboyant than I pictured Senna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing is that he comes across as very genuine, and that's the main thing about Senna is that he he's in a world of very fake fake people. He's in a very genuine individual. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. The books didn't really give that much backstory on Cinna, did they? Mm-mm. Not that I can Because I was wondering, why is he so radically different from everybody else in the Capitol? Personal taste? <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know. I'm a, uh, oh, well. But still, it, it, it was done really good. Like, I yeah. thought, was Cinna originally from a district? or but Wait, you can't. You can't that wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But um, I really loved, you know, going back to um, the book and how you can take your time in a book. I absolutely loved the pacing of this movie. Yeah. And one of the complaints was that it took too long to get to the Hunger Games. But I'm thinking, that's like saying it took too long to get to the boat in Jaws. Yeah. I want to enjoy this time I have. It's with... all about the build-up, actually. Yeah, and if the build-up's executed well enough, it can take its sweet time. Yeah, like, for for example, yeah. I thought... I thought the actually the the build up in Captain America was really good. In fact, the time he actually spent, you know, as Captain America was not as good as the build up to it, I thought. Well, that's the thing. The one has to be the promise of the other. It's like in Full Metal Jacket, that build up at boot camp is just as good as the part in the war. And if they're not as good as each other or close yeah. enough to it, then one's not worth the other. Yeah. Like, like I said, like back to Captain America, you have all this build up at first and then it turns on into just a full-on action movie. And, you know, it, it really depends what it is. Like, you know what? Jurassic Park's another one. I'm bringing up two Spielberg movies. But Jaws and Jurassic Park's another one where you've got a hell of a long amount of build-up. Yeah. And then the payoff is just as long as the build-up. So you've yeah. essentially got a movie that instead of in three acts or five acts, well, three acts is more common, but um, yeah. instead of three acts, acts it's two. That's really hard to pull off well, and I think The Hunger Games did it through – it has action beats and story beats that are just done well enough. Yeah. It knows how long to keep the segments of the story and then move to the next one. Yeah. The action beats while they're in the arena, for example, Uh one injury happens or one beat happens, and it just moves on to the next one, and it spaces it apart enough so that you never really feel tired – or at least I didn't. I don't want to speak exactly. for everybody because I know some people didn't like it. Some people thought it was too long. But yeah. for me, I didn't feel like, come on. And I just watched a movie that I'll talk about later in the show uh, earlier this week that was 77 minutes long. Uh-huh. So less than an hour and 20 minutes. And I just kept going, come on. Yeah. Finish, please. Yeah, moving, moving to the smaller <laughs> screen, that's kind of how Walking Dead was this season. <laughs> I'll catch up to that eventually. Yeah, but since, since you're talking about pacing and payoff, I just thought about, hey, that's Walking Dead this season. But there was it, um, it, it was all it was all in the tension it built. I love the music in the Hunger Games so much. It oh, I got the soundtrack. Wonderful. It's, it's it's great. I, Any, anything T Bone Burnett is involved in, I'm I'm sold. He is a genius. Whether it's like producing the soundtrack, collecting the songs, like uh, despite the fact that that man's actually credited as t-bone i think he's awesome yeah i'll ignore the name but yeah anything he touches is just is great but um i loved in the no, re- i don't even I, I hate arcade fire i think they're hipster crap and that song on the hunger game soundtrack is really good their score for the box was terrible 
I hate Arcade Fire too. So, yeah. but um, I will yeah, th- I will say one of the other complaints I had read on some blogs and stuff about the Hunger Games was that the games were slow and boring. It's not about constant action; it's about tension, and I think yeah. it did it well. So. I agree. I thought the games were fine. The only thing, for granted, they couldn't really do this in the PG thirteen movie was it was a little tame for what happens in the book although some of the stuff was very true like like i was I'm saying sorry, it's, it's, like death even like I was some saying, of my boys a, cried yeah like i was saying it's a tween friendly version of battle royale yeah yeah you can take your 12 year old to see oh it. speaking of freaking tweens um there's a certain scene in a cave. We all know what it is. That's not spoiling. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, the freaking tweens in my audience kept giggling every time it cut away to a certain character in District 12. And I just wanted to punch him in the throat. I've heard of that every time. The, the thing is... The only thing I, I hate more than the term tweens is the people it describes. I love... Okay, uh, since, since, since we bring... Wait, wait, wait. Cat was trying to say something. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay, go on. I, I was going to say, Gail is actually my favorite character in the book. And I just cannot deal with him in the movie. I can't get over the fact that that's Mr. Mime. He looked like he was about 30 in the movie. <laughs> he didn't look that bad. Pedophile I mean, if you want to talk about miscasting, I thought, that dude looks like he's my age. Yeah, I was hoping they'd get the guy from Wizards of Waverly Place, who is also the son on How I Met Your Mother, who's being stuck there forever with his hmm. idiot dad. But I was hoping for someone more like that. He did. He looked way... He looked, yeah, he looked really old and really buff for an impoverished <laughs> district. Yes. Well, he does do a lot of physical work, you know, hunting and. No, seriously, I was almost expecting to be like, "What's up, bro? Huh? Want to go? Uh, want to go lift some weights after we uh, catch these squirrels?" There are. Up, I, I I couldn't deal with a world. Oh my god. <laughs> That's just no. <laughs> No, it's funny. Don't get me. No, what you said was funny. I just, I, if I picture, if something like that actually happens in these movies, I will go and find all three screenwriters okay, and, and I will since, slap them and I will say since, no. Since we brought up the tween audience, uh, are we gonna compare this series to Twilight? No. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, one thing I was gonna say. Speaking of the tweens and actually the Twilight idea. Ah! Chris, oh, shut up. <laughs> let me go. Let me go. Is um one problem I have in the books, and the reason I like Gail is because Peta comes across very, sometimes very feminine in the books to me. I'm sorry, he just does. Yeah, kind of like a white good. Knight. Yeah, he's a little too sweet. But in the movies, I thought he actually in the movie he was more likable to me because you can. There's more personality to him. He's not yeah. just oh, in the, I love you. I'm gonna take care. In the book, he was a bit pouty. Yeah. Yeah. And in the movie, he seemed pretty resigned to the fact that it was sort of, it, it, you know, it, it was in a bad situation. Um, of course. Man, we really sidetracked the hell out of this. We were talking about editing something or other, casting. I wanted to get back to that. Okay. You cool? I. What? Let's let's spend some time on Woody Harrelson here. Um, Excellent choice. What? No, when I. You know, even I, I okay, I watched that HBO movie Game Change a couple weeks ago and in that in that movie he's he's in an advisor role and this was after I knew he was playing Haymitch, so I kept imagining him as Haymitch the entire <laughs> time. And so whenever he was talking to Julianne Moore playing Sarah Palin, I just I just imagined it was something like the Hunger Games. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah. I have a feeling Sarah Palin could do quite well in the Hunger Games. <laughs> oh, don't you know? I mean, well, I, I don't know. There's there's no helicopters. No, yeah, but old, she's pretty good old, with weapons, yeah. so I yeah. heard. But, um, no, 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 seriously, Woody Harrelson, I, I have grown to respect him so much as an actor in the last several years because in my mind, when I was younger, in my mind, it was sort of a joke, you know? He was What's-His-Face on Cheers, yeah. Natural Born Killer sucked. Um, just a bunch, but, like... All the movies I've seen him in, especially Trans-Siberian, was amazing. It's a great... It's a movie by Brad Anderson, the guy who did uh, The Machinist. And by the end of the movie, uh, uh, Woody Harrelson's sort of more of a supporting role because it becomes more about Emily Watson. I think it's Emily... No, Emily Mortimer. I I mean... uh, Sorry. But, um, I mean, uh, Woody Harrelson plays this great... He's like uh, this... um, 
missionary, and he's sort of a train geek. Uh-huh. And he just plays the part of a geek so well. It, but you've all seen him playing sort of these dangerous, imposing guys. Zombieland is another one. Yeah. He's wonderful with comedy, but as Hamish, I just loved it. Yeah, he was good. He was I mean, really he, good. He played the role of a drunk, and at first it seemed like he was overplaying it. But really, like he didn't. They didn't make a big thing about the fact that he was getting his act together, staying sober, long, sober long enough. To it was. It train was done him, very, very subtly. Yeah, and like like that scene where he sees Katniss in the tree, and he sees that her leg is hurt, and you just see him like talking to some of these capital folks, shaking. And then when you shake their hand, and then the parachute comes down. Well, that's like, oh, he knows what he's doing. Okay. Well, that's, I and yeah, I like that better in the movie than in the book because yeah. in the movie that in or in the book the inner dialogue is her. She's too manipulative. She's like, what would Hamish think I should be doing at this time to manipulate the games more? I think he would be telling me this. Where in the what? movie it's him sending her that message. Well, I think that's just good uh, filmmaking. You know, yeah. quick little montage. It's showing, not telling, and yeah. that's mm-hmm. good. That's always better. Now, I feel like the only time it really did tell more than it did show was the whole Tracker Jacker thing. I knew as soon as there was the wasp nest, I knew as soon as they showed Caesar, he was going to just explain the whole goddamn thing. That well, was, I mean, if, <laughs> if, if they didn't, I mean, I guess they would have thought, oh, it's just a wasp nest. But since these are like genetically enhanced wasps, they yeah. had to say something. Yeah, but the thing is, the line, for those of you who don't know, that was just brutally terrible. <laughs> I like this movie, but that was awful. <laughs> so, but, but you know what, though? My, for all the things this movie does right, it gets a pass on certain things, really. Uh, I mean, you know, going back to that reaping scene, for example, the fact that most of it was played without music shows a lot of restraint. And I think yeah. a lot of filmmakers would play it up with a lot more close-ups, a lot more, you know, light strings, and just brutally terrible, overbearing filmmaking. Yeah. I, I was really impressed with Gary Ross's everything in this movie. He, yeah, He yeah. really just directed the shit out of this movie. The only time I had an issue was with the shaky cam kind of stuff. And I know that's kind of a cliche complaint, but I'll tell you what. I really get tired of it sometimes, and I know they did it really to avoid an R rating because some of the fight scenes could have gotten a little, little too violent if they stayed steady and showed, you know, some yeah. stabbings or slashings or what have you. Uh, so I think really it was done out of necessity, and I'm willing to grant him amnesty <laughs> for that. Yeah. Um, but I, I was, I, I can't say it enough. I was just. I think this movie was better than it had a right to be. It, yeah, it actually was a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. And my my whole total score, my total end score, isn't based on the fact that it was better than I thought it would be. You know, my whole motto about judging things on its own merit and whatnot. But really, something based on a young adult book just never really is this good. Yeah. I think it's refreshing. I mean, Kat, you're, you're Mrs. Young Adult here. Or Ms. Young Adult here. Soon to be Mrs. Young Adult. What? Really, what are your thoughts on the whole transformation into an actual great piece of movie making? Um, I, like I said, I was really pleasantly impressed. Although, they did have to tame some stuff down to get the rating. So I do think you lose a little bit of some of the brutality of the mo- of the book. And just how how horrible that capital is. But... One thing I realize is, you know, I've read all the books, so I I can put that into the movie. And they do try to give you a little bit of that. I think part of why we see, you know, President Stowe talking to Seneca is to replace some of the gore. Do you know what I mean? But to be I, honest, I, I hate to say it, but I, I actually don't know what you mean. I'm I sorry. think they're using that to illustrate just how bad the capital is and just how horrific these games are. Okay, okay. showing the stabbings and the children. You know, like in the book, they talk about how at one point in time, this one kid ate the other kid's heart. And then they killed that kid so they didn't have a cannibal winner. Yeah, the avalanche. Yeah, but um, I there are some books to movies that have been very good. 
and then there are some that are just horrible. I know I, what you did last summer, for example. It well, <laughs> that was that was not too bad. It it could have been worse. <laughs> That's the <laughs> best endorsements we'll get. Yeah. By the way, anybody out there should read the book. I know what you did by uh, last summer by Lois Lowry. No, Lois, that, I didn't even know that was a book. Lois Duncan. Yeah, she wrote lots of books like that until her daughter was killed, and they couldn't find the killer, and then she lost her taste for it. Yeah. No, no. I Know What You Did Last Summer was actually a pretty good young adult book. Lois I, Lau- uh, Duncan? There's been a lot of good book-to-movies lately. I mean, the last two Harry Potter books were good. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, of course. Our oh, the Girl the with the Dragon Tattoo was bitching. And, of course, our movie of the year last year, and then this one. So, yeah, there's been a, kind of a winning streak with I, books and movies. And I have to say, I think that in some ways teen literature gets kind of a bad rap because teenagers can be a bit of a pain in the ass. <laughs> and they can it, like really stupid things. I can tell from my screening they can like stupid things. Yeah, yes. but... Um, having a movie that is respected by adults kind of gives legitimacy to the genre. Like, like the Harry Potter movies. Right. Yes. And it might hopefully get people to explore some other books that are published for teens. And the main difference, I'm going to be honest, between teen books and adult books, are teen books are shorter. Because teens <laughs> have no attention span, so when you well, blob off somewhere. Yeah. I'm currently on a moratorium of any book longer than 400 pages until February 7th of next year. Wow. After, I, I decided after I read the last Neil Stevenson book, that, uh, which was uh, 1,040 pages, I think, uh-huh. uh, that after I finished it, number one, I decided the book didn't need to be that fucking long. And number two, that I will never, for a year, I will not read a book that is any longer than 400 pages just because I want to be able to finish like 10 books in a year <laughs> or more because damn there is no reason for a book where granted a lot happens but that book could have been like 500 pages I don't need to know the description of the sedimentary rock formation waves crashing against whatever just tell me what fucking happened so exactly no the there's an author Meg Cabot who wrote The Princess Diaries, and she writes books for teens and adults. The only difference is that the adult books are longer. There's more just exposition. Yeah. Nothing more happens. There's just another hundred pages. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um... I don't know. I think... Are, have we said all we need to say about The Hunger Games? But w- one more thing, bringing it back to what Kat said. Yeah, give it... Teen movies uh, are movies based on, you know, teen novels. You know, you have, you know, you know, like Harry Potter and the Hunger Games can be enjoyed by adults as well. I think that's kind of the reason where other series like this, like Percy Jackson and the later Narnia movies have failed because they just feel like kids' movies. I'll tell you how bad they failed. I forgot that Percy Jackson was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> They're actually kind of rebooting the series. They're going to oh make Oh my the god! Movie they made oh, one movie! They made one movie and they're well, rebooting it? Well, no, I'm saying they're making the next movie, but they're recasting, so I think they're kind of <laughs> going to tri- try to fix some of it. The Percy Jackson movie was. It was bad. I, I, I That's didn't worse see than it. The Punisher. I, you know, I'm not 11 years old. I had no desire to see it, so. I went to I, see I, it, I, just know I that love that those books. And I, actually, just know, I just know that it flopped. Elton Lerman was probably really, he was very well cast. He was just a little too old. But again, they had people way too old in that movie. Cool story, bro. That's always going to be the problem with any children actor. I'll tell you what, if you start a series that's like seven books long, in order to make it to a film, I know Hollywood has no such restraint, but you should wait until the series is done, then cast it, then you shoot all like six or seven books at a time while the actors are still children <laughs> because there's nothing more you can do game of thrones thank goodness each book takes place roughly at about a year like one of the books is like only six months one of the books is two years for example but generally each season is going to be a year so thankfully the child actors will age the way they're supposed to be but in most cases and with harry potter each book is a year in school or yeah. out of school. 
But so that works. But a lot of times you have series like that when they're supposed to be children and you're just gonna fail. Yeah. Like they just recast Spider Man, for example. That trailer looked alright, by the way. Wait, th- okay, one one thing. One thing about the Spider Man trailer. You know, like the trailer starts out and he's at Gwen Stacy's house and he's like, Why don't you tell us about yourself, Peter? And Gwen Stacy says, Oh, Peter lives with his aunt and uncle who his uncle is still alive. I know, well, I know. After, they changed but, it so his dad died instead of his uncle. It's weird, but it doesn't but, matter. No, that's that that's the fundamental thing with Spider Man. That's that's why he becomes Spider Man. It would well, be like Swain becoming Batman without his parents dying. No, 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 it wouldn't because if he's being, if he is being raised by his regular parents and then his dad dies, it's still a traumatic experience. I'm cool with it if it's executed well. I'll think it's a good movie, but I'll still that's, think it's terrible Spider-Man. But that's, but that's that's why he becomes Spider-Man. It's it's a fundamental. Yeah. It is the it, fundamental building block. Does it have Spider-Man to be Uncle mythology. Ben? Yes, it, it be? has to be. Yeah, it has to. It has to be. It'd be like it's like Superman without not, getting bitten by a spider. Yeah, it's like Bruce Wayne's parents not dying or Superman not coming from Krypton. No, it's not that bad because yes, it still is. his no his father if he's being raised by his parents most Why of the time. Yelling? Well, I'm drunk, so just allow me my exaggerated emotions. Look, if he's being raised by his parents. Right? Instead of his uncle not. If his dad dies, it's sort of like Uncle Ben dying. I know that with Uncle Ben dying, he has no one else to turn to. But it's... It, it's it's, it's a traumatic thing. experience. So, the Spider-Man thing, it's going from orphaned to super orphaned. Do you know what I mean? It's He's already out of place and has yeah. a distance from anybody. and so he, That must be why he's so fucking emo. No, that's just Spider-Man three, and because the director is a douche canoe. Oh come yeah, on! Wait, 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 wait! Let's stop the Sam Raimi hate right here. I know we all love to bag on Sam Raimi for that one, but number one, Evil Dead. Number two, uh, what the hell is the name of that movie? Um, Drag two? Me to Hell. Yeah, Evil Dead two. No, Sam Raimi's awesome, but I'm sorry, Spider-Man three was not the shit. Spider-Man three not was a his case fault. Not Spider-Man 3 was too many all. cooks in the kitchen. Sam Raimi Everybody was dragged kicking and screaming with having all those villains in the movie. Not his fault. Yeah. Anyway, Hunger Games. What are we giving it score-wise, Matt? Four out of five stars. Cat. I'll give it four. And I'll give it three and a half out of four. I think it really great movie making. So, all right, let's talk about what we watched, I suppose... I will go with some of mine. I watched three movies aside from The Hunger Games. The first one I watched was Jeff Who Lives at Home, mm-hmm. which was another new release. It's been in very few theaters. It's by the Duplass Brothers, which they made Cyrus in the last couple of years. Yeah, um, yeah and I never saw Cyrus, but I really liked the trailers to this movie. It's a really interesting um, small movie about, I don't want to say fate, but it's about how everything in life has meaning. Really interesting. Okay. So, the, the, like, to a certain point, any other movie that had so many, let's call them coincidences, I would just feel kind of like, oh, come on, that doesn't work. But this movie's really about how coincidences have meaning. Um, uh-huh. And I really appreciated the way it was done. It was pretty light um, for a heavy subject matter, but I kind of appreciated the lightness. Uh, yeah. I think if it had overplayed its hand, I would have liked it a lot less. And I think Jeff Who Lives at Home, for anybody who likes movies that are just just something good to sit down and watch and feel good about life. Oh, is it like is it like a character study or when I've seen the trailers one is like a slacker who lives at home and the other is like oh, one of the career, career Oh, none guys. of the trailers give any idea to how good any of the movies is. Okay. Um, Jeff Who Lives at Home isn't a stoner comedy as I, I swear to God someone described it as a stoner comedy and despite the fact that uh, Jeff is a stoner it really is a stoner comedy. Um... 
it, it, it's just a really cool movie about um, fate. Okay. And I liked it. I, I recommend it to anybody who enjoys just feeling good about life. Yeah. And feeling that their life has meaning. It's, it's okay. a good movie. I watched The Pledge, that Sean Penn movie with Jack Nicholson movie. Yeah, I, I know Nicholson. it. Um, it was pretty good. I kind of feel... You know, it was well made in most parts. There were some oddball touches to it that I didn't appreciate, really. But, honest to God, I like police procedurals that don't go to the regular police procedural beats. It was mm-hmm. unpredictable, and I appreciated that. So I, I really liked that a lot. And the last I watched was this Criterion uh, release called Blast of Silence. It was this 1961 film noir, which was just awful. <laughs> the worst thing in the world is film noir that isn't good but thinks it is. Yeah. That's why the uh, original theatrical cut of um, Blade Runner is just so shitty to me. <laughs> yeah. It all comes down to the narration, I think. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just... It's it this movie literally this topic ever. It, it, it literally has second person narration. It's just so freaking weird. But aside from that, the narration is just so self-serious and it's all for this light subject matter. No, not light subject. Not light. More unwell. Like yeah. un not done in a manner right. Maybe so yeah, you, you can have character moments and all that stuff, but they still have to be good. I guess I have to describe it as that. I'm trying to think of a way to describe this, and I'm failing miserably. Again, probably the drunkness. But more to the matter, it's just I don't even know how to describe it in a qualitative way. It, I'm only going from my opinion here. It's just not good. It was awful. I will never watch it again. I don't have an interest in watching it again. I won't recommend it to anybody. In fact, I think if I find somebody who wants to see it, I'll punch him in the nuts yeah. and say, every time you think about watching that movie, remember the pain from me punching you in the nuts? I want you to feel that whenever you think about watching the movie. Because, really, it'll be easier than watching it, this pain yeah. that you're yeah. feeling right now. <laughs> I know I, I know, I know that feel, bro. I, I completed Mass Effect 3. I know how it feels. <laughs> I've heard some shit. <laughs> you have no fucking idea, dude. Seriously. I, I never played any of the Mass Effects, so I don't know. All right, remember, Matt. remember, remember um, that YouTube video of those two black dudes, and one is like really upset that died on Game of Thrones. Well, I'm gonna blank that out, but yeah, I remember that wow. video. Spoiler yeah, it, oh, uh, yeah, it was like that for me after beating Mass Effect three. Yeah. All right, so Matt, what did you watch? Um, ah, to tell you the truth, I didn't watch anything this week. I've been going through the Assassin's Creed games. Oh, come the fuck on. What? <laughs> you didn't watch anything? Well, next week I'll have watched Ghost Rider 2. So, no, I didn't watch, actually, no, I didn't watch shit this week. <laughs> I'm going to put that in the show, show notes. I'm just going to put freaking Matt didn't watch shit. All right, Kat, what did you watch? Uh, I think we watched mostly just our normal stuff. I don't think we watched any extra movies or anything. Oh, wait, I take that back. I watched Spartacus. Son of a bitch! What? Now I gotta go and write Spartacus. I don't even know how to do the show notes for this one. God, stop bitching. Back, forward. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, continue. No, no, you talk about Spartacus, asshole. Then we'll go to Cat. It was good. It had a lot of violence and a lot of titties. All right. There we go. I should watch it. And it moves and it moves at a good pace, unlike this season of The Walking Dead. Honestly, okay. that's, that was my advertisement for 300. Like, if what? you like titties and decapitation, watch 300. Yes, it's almost exactly like 300, all right? And that's cool because I'm a man, and I like manly stuff. And I like watching Spartacus with... A monster energy drink and a plate of hot wings, all right? So shut up. All right, Kat, what did you watch this week? Again, nothing. Probably nothing really new. Just our normal TV fare because I don't know. This week kind of went by in a blur. So Yeah, it did, really. 
Yeah. And we were playing Modern Warfare 2 because <laughs> Modern Warfare 3 is pissing us off. <laughs> oh, man. We should have spin off a separate podcast about video games, you and I. But That would I, be awesome. <laughs> I guess it's fitting that we didn't watch anything because we spent so much time with The Hunger Games. But that's about well, it. like the first big movie of the year. Yeah, truly, 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 truly. And actually, as an up, you know, a little... Follow up to that. I just read on Yahoo it had the third best opening weekend of all time, the best yeah. for any non sequel, and the best for an opening outside of summer. Good. It deserves it. Yeah. And it's good. only behind Harry Potter. Good. Which doesn't deserve it. I, I really think The Hungry Games needs to break some records. I think that Gary Ross needs more career opportunities because this is only the third film he's ever directed. And I'm sorry, but the man who made Pleasantville needs to be making movies all the time. It almost double recouped its budget. Yeah, actually, that's let's go back to it for a second. How in the hell was this movie only eighty million dollars? It was nice. Really? That's all it was? Yeah, exactly. Would you look at because a movie a like this? Because a lot of the scenes well, were in the woods, which. They had a lot. They didn't have to do too much CGI, is what I think. Yeah, there weren't and there weren't any like, I guess, huge you know triple A actors in it. I mean, there's no Brad Pitt's or George Clooney's or Will Smith's. I mean, Woody Harrelson is probably your biggest name. Yeah, Jennifer well, Lawrence was... only made five hundred thousand for it. She'll oh, that is shitty that. as hell. Well, no, she'll make she more made... than that the next yeah. two movies. Did she get sk- like? Um, no, not scales the other one. Uh, I mean, did, I guess she's on the A list after this one, but uh, yeah, did she get residual? She, she uh, yeah, yeah, you residual. She better be, like, because as much as I didn't like X Men, um, well, I kind of liked X Men First Class. I didn't like the racist implications of it. <laughs> yeah, now that I go back and think, X Men had some major problems with it, mostly yeah. with the timeline, but in others though. No, it, well, it was some. It was entertaining, and that's all it had for it. Jennifer Lawrence was wasn't good in it, but that's not her fault. That's not her fault. Yeah. Sorry, but did any of you see Winter's Bone? No. No. It's S- on my Netflix, though. Yeah, see it. See the shit out of that movie. It's okay. depressing. It's dark. It's horrible. Not as far as quality goes. It's just Why you yell- hard to watch. Why are you yelling, bro? Again, I'm drinking a lot. Anyway. Okay, because when I get drunk, I usually just stumble around and apologize a lot. <laughs> the apologies will come after I hear this episode. Yeah, most of you be like, hey, I'm sorry I fucking yelled at you, man, okay? Eat a bowl of dicks. You now, suck a ball of bag, dick. Bag of dicks. No, That's the phrase. I think Ice-T said bowl when he said eat a bowl of dicks. I th- I... Well, in my Xbox hard drive, is even bag of dicks. <laughs> Point being, you can suck a big fat bag of black dicks. Why are they gotta be black? They bro? have to be black, though. Because, because, because they're because they're bigger. They're jumbo size for you. <laughs> All right. And they're ribbed for your pleasure. Oh, for Christ's yeah, yeah. sake! Okay, let's. I don't wow. even know what I was trying to get at here. You were talking about dicks. No, I wasn't. It was something about movies <laughs> and whatnot. Whatever. There's not going to be an episode wet next week. I thought there was going to be, but then I remembered WrestleMania was happening. And I'm not not missing that. And also the season premiere of Game of Thrones. I'm also not missing that. Yeah. I guess I'll have to DVR one and watch the other one live. Who knows? Yeah. Either way, next week no episode. The week after that, a couple movies coming out actually. Uh, American Wedding, for example. Pass. Oh, American com- Reunion. Reunion. Pass. 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 Oh come on now, pass. son. I hate it. If you watch that, I'll watch it because I've seen all of them. Yeah, I've seen all of them too, and they're not great, but come on. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that. I'd rather see the Titans. (laughs) Well, the only other choice of new release the week before is Titanic 3D, and I know you don't want to see Titanic 3D. No, no, I I don't. I can't watch it. Exactly. Well, I'll, I'll sneak into the part where the guy falls off the boat and smacks his head on the propeller. I'll see that. Oh, God. You should see Brandon's face when I said Titanic. <laughs> Did he have an aneurysm? I think he might have had an aneurysm. 
No, it looked like one of the cats just crapped on a plate and I put it under his face. <laughs> D-H-E-Y. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll figure out what we'll do when we come back. Until if then... The American Reunion, I will go see that. I want to see American Reunion. If I'm honest. if I'm completely bored, I will go see Wrath of the Titans. <laughs> I guess I might, since you know my girlfriend is going to be in Florida, and I'll have like nothing to do. So maybe maybe I'll catch like a matinee of Wrath of the Titans. It's got to be better than the first one, right? I right? think you see the first one. It sucked. It was stupid. <laughs> I thought it was going to be all, like, God of War and shit, but it was just stupid. Indy uh, finally came out of the shitter and is sitting on Brandon's lap. It was so nice. <laughs> okay, now, I'll tell you exactly what face Brandon just made when, about Titanic. Indy <laughs> just yawned in his face, and this nasty, stink-ass cat breath, that was the face Brandon made. <laughs> oh. For Car- you know what? You know what? What? For the week we come back... April, what is that, 8th? I don't know. Yeah. Let's just do Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, do we have to do Escape from L.A.? Yes. Yes, yes. we do. Escape from New York and Escape from L.A.? I don't care how shitty it is. Instead of American it's okay. It's fine. fucking Snake Plissken. All right. <laughs> okay, oh, we'll do Escape from L.A. Well, we'll do mostly Escape from New York, really. Yes, we'll do mostly Escape from New York. <laughs> <laughs> all <Okay>. right. <laughs> Fine. All right. I'll just keep going. <laughs> so, April, the episode, again, next week, no episode. But the week after that, we will be doing a review of John Carpenter's classic Escape from New York and possibly not, Escape and, from L.A. And, and not so classic Shut- Escape from L.A. <laughs> Shut your goddamn mouth. Fuck you. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Peace. that, I totally saw a chick puke in her own hands while going into a bathroom last night.